God's grace, his mercy, and his peace are yours from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we get a really strange story in our lesson from Luke. It's not so strange at initial sight, but when you begin to dig into it, you find it very strange of a story of Jesus who gets lost and then was found again. Because if you're a parent, it's very likely that you've gone through this whole scenario of losing your child. Maybe for just a few moments, maybe for just a minute, but in those, those minutes, those seconds, your brain goes through a million thoughts thinking, where's my child? Do I need to call the police at minute two when I'm in this department store and they're only hiding behind a little display? You think of so many things that might happen, all the scenarios, you begin tracing out how far a child could have gone in your mind, or how far someone could have taken that child in just a matter of seconds, because you care about that child so much, and you don't want to lose them. Now, Jesus' story is a little bit different, because he was gone for three days. So there you have Mary... Someone who's very concerned with her child, just like any mother. She's going around trying to find her her child, and for three days she's having these same thoughts over and over again. The the million thoughts that we can have in one minute, Mary's having that nonstop for three days. And she's probably figured out different scenarios of where Jesus is. Maybe he just happened to wander off, and he's, he's maybe with a friend or family member. Maybe someone took him. That's why they had to travel in in these big groups from Nazareth down to Jerusalem where the the celebration was because there are bandits, there are thieves. Maybe an accident happened and he's just not here. And Mary searches and searches. It would be ordinary, except Jesus wasn't just an ordinary child. I'm going to say this a little sarcastically. Mary lost God. You realize that? Mary, going back from the Passover, from Jerusalem, she thought, she assumed that Jesus was in the the group that they were in, family and friends and acquaintances all traveling along so that they would stay safe. She assumed he was there, and then when she realized he was not, she realized she Lost. God. You think of the, the thoughts that would go through Mary. Not only is she, uh, not only is she uh, causing problems for her family, but she's also causing problems for this world because Jesus came to save the world and now she doesn't know where Jesus is. How can he could fulfill his purpose if all of a sudden this child that she was given, that the angel proclaimed, this is the savior of the world, is not there. And so Mary and Joseph began to look and look. But even that's not so strange because Mary's a mother. And it seems as if this whole story that Luke is recording is coming from Mary's mouth because we hear that she says that they were anxiously searching. And the Greek there actually brings this out a little bit more. She was not just anxiously searching. She was devastated at her searching. She, she was woeful that this child was not with her. Her heart was in torment. She was completely lost. Her God was not with her. Her child was not there. 
But here's what's really strange about this whole account. You realize this is the first we hear about Jesus since he's a toddler? Last week we heard about Luke 2 and he was born. In middle of Luke 2, we, we hear and we see Jesus brought to the temple. He was presented before the priest and there Simeon saw him and he said, salvation has come to the world. This is the light of the world. And then we hear about the wise men, which are likely when he's a toddler, two years. And then from there, there's nothing. Silence. And you think the most important person in all of history, you would have some sort of record of what happened. You think of all the firsts. His first words. Did he say mama or dada? We don't know. When was the first time that he walked? Wouldn't that be recorded that the the Son of God and Son of Man actually began to walk around? What about the times he started going to school and the things that he did and the friends he made and the report cards that he had? Wouldn't it be good to see all of those things? But there's nothing. For ten years, it's just silent. And that's fine. Jesus didn't come so that we would know what his first word would be or when he would walk. But it's strange that this story, a story of Jesus getting lost and found, is the first we hear of him. I could understand Jesus doing his first miracle being that first story. Breaking that silence, the the wedding at Cana, that's when he turned water into wine, but that wasn't the first story. I could see John the Baptist declaring, look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, to be that first story, but instead, here's this first story, and and here are Jesus' first words that we hear in Scripture, a story about him being lost and found. And Mary tells this story from her own lips. And we discover at the end of this, Mary might have begun to see what Jesus was doing here. She didn't understand it right away. Because she she went and she found Jesus at the temple. And she says this to Jesus. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. You realize Mary's motherhood would have been different than every other mother in the world? While maybe Mary's friends and their children were growing, there have been conversations of, how do I discipline and train this child How do I get them to to understand my will and God's will? And there's Mary sitting there. And for Jesus, what can she say? Jesus is obedient to her. Here are our parents talking about getting their kids dressed in the morning, ready for school, and how they react and are, are rude and wrong and sinful. And here's Mary. She can't relate. Not with Jesus. And then finally, there's this moment where it's almost as if Mary finds something to correct Jesus on. And he goes, she goes to Jesus and she says, why have you done this to me and your father? 
but she's shifting that blame. From a mother who didn't make sure that Jesus was in their group and put it on Jesus, a perfect, obedient child. Mary's not at her best here. But then Mary finally begins to understand, I think later on. Because Jesus says this, Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Mary didn't understand why Jesus wasn't on the road walking home. But she finally did, I think. Because she told this story to Luke. And she actually, you know what? These same words that Jesus spoke, why were you searching for me? Those are words that another Mary had to hear too. A Mary who went to look for Jesus and actually went to look for his dead body in a grave so that she can wrap him again in burial cloths and pour perfume over him. And then when she did not find Jesus, she was weeping. She was in in, in anguish and anxiety. And then this voice comes to her and says, Who are you looking for? The angels that sat at Jesus' tomb said, Why are you looking for the living among the dead? And Mary began to see. For Jesus, it was always about Jerusalem. It was always about being in his father's house. This silence that Mary felt while Jesus was gone, it, it was tormenting. And it's a silence I, I think we experience too as, as a world. Everyone asks this, these same questions. Why am I here? What's my purpose? What's going to happen to me when I die? They all ask the same question. And that's because they don't see God with them. You see that in our own Christian lives too. When we look at our families that sometimes are fracturing and falling apart, we sit there and we say, I don't feel as if God is here. Where is he? When we have problems with our coworkers and our boss and we just can't overcome them, we think God isn't with us and we're asking, where is he? Where can we find him? When we are uncertain of our future... When we have emotional distress, when we find ourselves in our own dark room, we ask, where is Jesus? And there's this silence. We wonder if God is doing anything at all. But in this silence... Jesus is doing a million things for us. And we might be able to only see a few of them. What was he doing for Mary? To Mary, Jesus was her child. 
that Jesus would listen to what she says and, and go where she goes. And, and Jesus was obedient to her. He was never disobedient. It, it points that out clearly in Mark. He was, or Luke, he was continued to be obedient. But Mary needed to see who Jesus really was. It was not her son. He was the son of God who had come to do the will of his father. And where else could he do the will of his father except in his father's house? Mary needed to see Jesus came not to, to do what she wanted because if he did what Mary wanted, he would never As husbands and wives look to serve each other as, as Christ would serve each other. As, as wives maybe are, are patient and, and, and forgiving with husbands when things get out of hand. As, as husbands are, are considerate of their wives and of their children. We're putting aside ourselves, leaving ourselves behind, only to take up Christ. As we serve in this world in our vocations, to serve as people of Christ. Here's the result. Then we give. The people who need, receive. Because we have been taken from an individual and formed into a body. Taken from ourselves to, to, to see the whole Christian church and how we love each other. And then we see who we are. That Christ loved us so dearly. That in giving himself, losing himself, he gave us identity. When we lose ourselves, when we put aside all this stuff, we find ours. There, Christ at our center. It doesn't have to be scary to lose your identity. In fact, today, I feel like I, I would want to lose it. Because in losing it, I see Christ. My only hope for any true, real identity. I see Christ who has established us in his kingdom that cannot be changed. No one can snatch me away from him. No, no overthrowing powers can take that away from me. Instead, I find my true identity. In Christ Jesus, it's there. Amen. Please stand. We continue by confessing our faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed, printed for you on the bottom of page 5 in your bulletin. We confess. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Congregation may be seated.